listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Party. It's Deb Wolf, and today I have back with me Laura Cook. I've had her on many times, and most of the time we talk about animals and people and healing and allergies and things like that. And today I had planned to ask her all about pollen because I know that world pollen counts are off the scale and people are really, really suffering. And she's helped me so much in the past with my allergies to what I thought was just cherry trees, but it's probably pollinating trees and um, she's helped animals with allergies people with allergies to animals she understands allergies really really well and how they work and how the body works but so as I was preparing for this show and we will talk about that I saw a magazine in the supermarket last night McLean's it's a Canadian magazine it's sort of our Newsweek or time, that kind of thing, but for Canada. And the article says, what you'll be eating soon. And it has this big scary picture of a tomato that looks half like a tomato and half like a goldfish. And then when you read the article, it talks about this guy's fictional book about what we might be eating in the future. And then the journalist actually goes through and tells us how close we are to that now. And that's where it got really scary for me. Because in addition to thinking all the things I normally think about, you know, combining things and science not realizing what it's doing and all that, I right away thought about allergies. You know, if an allergy is my body not recognizing pollen as something normal, what would happen if my body got slammed with a tomato that's half fish? So I told Laura I'd be talking about this today, and I think way over there, hundreds of miles away from me, her tail started wagging. So welcome to the show, Laura Cook. Hi, Deb. (laughs) Great to be here. Yeah, that article, I've been scanning through it. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Pretty well, juicy, hey? Well, at first, hey? you know, when you hear, okay, you have milk that gets rid of the flu. Okay, that sounds all right. And then they sort of back it up by saying, you know, they've already done some of this. They've put vitamin A in, in yellow rice so that thousands, millions of kids in, in Africa now have the vitamin A they need and aren't dying. Okay, well, that doesn't seem so bad. But on the other hand, it is bad, isn't it? Yeah, um, I've done lots of research over the years with GMOs, uh, specifically with how the the body is reacting to it on different levels and the levels that I can read. But the biggest problem started out with the grains. They were, Monsanto was genetically modifying grains so that they would be a suicide grain, essentially that whoever, the farmers would plant the grain, but the grain wouldn't produce a viable seed. Yeah, so they they have to be ordered. It's not perennial. And this is something really dangerous because if it gets wiped out, you're hooped. Yeah, so there was a huge, there's always going to be huge battles with it because they're integrating and cross-pollinating with, you know, heritage seeds and heritage species all over the world. Uh, And they're, they're making these farmers dependent on fertilization and and buying the seeds again. The salmon, oh, the So you mean about. the genetically, okay, so the genetically modified seed that's been made so that it's a one-off deal. It, it flowers, it Suicide becomes food. Yeah. It mixes 
Suicide gene. Wow. Okay. So it mixes with our beautiful heirloom fruits and vegetables we've been eating for all time. And it makes them, sometimes it makes them so they can't reproduce. Is that what it is? The genetic modification. Yeah, it does that. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. The genetic so then modification our implications oh, no. are huge. We should research the corn because you have these beautiful corn, age old, beautiful corn being grown in these little villages around Mexico. And um, some of the, the farms that are beside the highways, the trucks are going by and then seeds are falling off, like the corn kernels are falling off and landing in these, these ancient fields. And they have these weird monster inbred corn things popping up. And then oh, they get their terrible. whole, yeah, <laughs> they can easily pick them out. These are the ones that are genetically modified because they don't look like anything else there. They're huge. They're massive plants. They have weird sort of mutant growths coming off of them. And yeah, it's really scary when you get into it. But the fish tomato one, that was a modification that got pulled off a long, a long time ago. It's probably been back on. And why they did a fish salmon modification with the tomato gene is that it makes the tomato last longer. But it tasted horrible. Oh, so. oh that's <laughs> And there's no labeling, right? So everybody would, you know, you'd buy your tomato and you don't know that it's genetically modified. You have absolutely no labeling in Canada. So what about pretty America? much everything do they have, you're eating. Do no. they have labeling in America? No, not, not in America either. No, no. It's talking about how, I mean, the people who advocate this are talking about how they could make a hamburger that has the same kind of fat content as the, a healthy piece of salmon or a healthy avocado. And when I read that, I thought, well, why not just eat a healthy piece of salmon or a healthy avocado? But, but is there some argument to this, that if you can make hot dogs with one-third of the fat and a lot of it with way less fat and use some kind of, this, this fat they're making is called oil jello, and it's... It just scares the heck out of me because they don't know what it's going to do long term. But it's supposed to be better than beef fat but tastes like beef fat and have the texture of beef fat. And they're going to make hot dogs with it. Is it because it'll make kids less fat, they say? You see, so you have yeah. to weigh the two things. But tell me why this is the wrong way to go. It, it just feels so the wrong well, way to go. Hot dogs are, you know, they're, they're the remnants of processing. And in general, like, I don't, I don't ever, 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 ever give them to my children just because that's what they are, not including all the, the nitrates and everything that's in them. But yeah, you're getting more genetic modification of this, these fats that you change something just by cooking it. Just by cooking your fat, you change it and your body doesn't really understand it that great. So we can imagine the implications of you know, having these completely genetically modified substances in your body, it doesn't work that great. And so, so what a person uh, who's allergic to fish right now, taking mm-hmm. this tomato, have a terrible reaction and not even know they should avoid exactly. that tomato. Like there's that, right? And then there's the, maybe someone who's not allergic to either will all of a sudden be allergic to the mix. Okay, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you how allergies play into all this. All right, everybody, stay tuned. We're talking with Laura Cook, and this is Deb Wolf on Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. Come back to the party. Don't go anywhere, because the best is yet to come. Stick around. Petco, where the pet- 
pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get six dollars off your order of sixty dollars or more, and up to forty percent off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of forty nine dollars or more. Six dollars off, up to forty percent off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and. Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco. Where the pets go. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash party, P-A-R-T-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. You're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. We're back on Animal Party with Pet Life Radio, and I'm your host, Deb Wolf. And here with me today is Laura Cook. And I saw this scary, scary article showing this piece of food that's supposed to be half fish, half tomato. So I bought the magazine. It's got a banana inside that's peeled, and it's brown, white, and pink like Neapolitan ice cream. They're saying they can make a banana that tastes like an ice cream sundae. And they're saying, you know whimsically, this is interesting, but also it'll mean kids will eat bananas instead of Sundays. It'll mean that if the world is short of protein, they can make it in a Petri dish. And uh, they are, in fact, doing that right now somewhere at a university in in Europe. They're actually, I'm just going to try and figure out where they're doing that horrible little experiment. In the Netherlands, a scientist is now working to grow real meat from a cow's stem cells. So all this stuff is actually happening. It might solve world hunger, but I think health-wise, 
it might be very dangerous. So Laura's going to help us understand how allergies work for normal things like pollen, but also how all this would fit into the mix. Welcome back, Laura. Come to the party. Hey, Deb. It's an amazing thing to think about. And uh, we, we battle with pollens on a daily basis and the amount of toxins in our environment is huge and hugely increased and our pollen counts are you know I've just been reading some things about double peak average um, is happening and then you know you're throwing all of these genetic modifications into our foods not to mention the you know the antibiotics that are being given to the animals and are being put in our water supplies our systems are overloaded and it's coming up in our immune systems and how our immune systems are being super sensitized and reactive and we're getting huge, you know, huge amounts of anaphylaxis coming up and then the cases of autism and Asperger's and all of these developmental issues are, are skyrocketing and how... Well, know, where's their con- how where's is the it connection? Being affected by the GMO, right? Where's the connection? That's <laughs> well. Where's the connection? And, and you between, have to look at it. Where's the connection between those two things you just mentioned, kids with autism and learning troubles, emotional problems? How does that relate to with allergies? allergies? Yeah, and do- we- I'm not getting you there. Well, in my work, I see it like as a four A's: allergies, asthma, autism, and. Asperger's, they sort of all interconnected because a lot of their sources are similar. You're looking at the environmental impact of the toxins in our environment and that how that affects our immune systems and uh, digestive systems. 80% of our immune system is in our digestive system and a lot of these developmental issues are, you know, sourced in the digestive system. So when our systems we're eating food that is toxic or, you know, different that our body doesn't understand, our immune systems are going to be affected because 80% of our, our immune system is in our digestive system. And so, so when I say asthma, autism, allergies are sort of interrelated, you look at the, the load, the toxic load that our bodies are taking and how it's affecting our livers and our our absorbency, our abilities to absorb minerals and understand minerals. And this is where my work, I see that, you know, uh, when I get a kid with severe allergies, often it'll point into how their body's accepting minerals and nutrients. And where are they getting these minerals and nutrients? So they need to have these specific minerals and nutrients to detoxify. And that's where it happens, right? Like sort of when that liver isn't able to detoxify substances and the immune system gets overloaded because there's so many, so much stuff going on in the body with, with toxins. So, so you yeah, improve the kid's that. diet, you, you change the kid's diet, and mm-hmm. then sometimes he's less autistic? Is that what I'm getting? Well, yeah, there's a lot of parents out there who are, who are taking a more natural, holistic route with autism and they're going with, you know, supplementing with nutrients because the liver's not getting the nutrients it needs or it's not recognizing those nutrients. And yeah, changing the diet. There's a lot of parents who are going, doing a diet that's no grains, higher fats, so the brain is getting more fat because uh, the brain needs fat for development and... And when you talk about these hot dogs with <laughs> a shifted kind of fat, like this is the fat intake in our diet is a, has a huge effect on our brain function and our overall, you know, health in general, not just allergies and, and that, but 
Yeah, it's a scary situation that's happening in in our health, you know, just conventional Well, if people are listening and they've got an autistic kid and they suspect diet is a part of the picture and they want to get a hold of you, can you let them know how to do that? And then I think we're going to move on and go back to the article because i got more to talk to you about. But what do they do? Because I, I didn't realize there was such a strong connection. I mean, it makes sense because you see it with other behavioral problems in children. And I know they've decided conclusively in many studies that sugar, food coloring, and flavors do not affect hyperactivity, but I do not believe those studies are correct from my own experience personally with kids and teaching and myself. There are many, many people who are highly influenced and made symptoms of hyperactivity are made worse and almost uncontrollable by artificial colors, flavors, and dyes. So, and it can be immediate. Mm-hmm. So I see these kids with their orange drinks and their red candies, and then they go crazy right after. And it's, you know, within 10 minutes for about 20 minutes, it's really predictable. But I didn't yeah. know that there was such a strong connection with autism and that you could, you could help them so much with changes in what they eat or that they needed more fat in their diet because it almost seems the opposite. When I see autistic kids, not all of them, but a good chunk of them seem to be on the heavy side. So I bet that a parent would naturally want to feed them less fat. You know what I mean? Like, what's up with that? There's so many. I've seen a lot of autistic kids in my practice, but um, I don't seem to see a lot of heavier, heavier-sided autistic kids. Okay. I would say it's just who you're being <laughs> exposed to, I guess, and what their diets are. And I would say that the kids that I see are the parents are very strictly on a holistic path of healing. Right. Anyways. Right. And, so you would have a different view. Yes. And have, I see the problem. Very clearly no. understanding a lot of diet. <laughs> Yeah, and the children I'm thinking of are a little bit older, a little bit more able to get the food they want. So it's an mm-hmm. inhibition problem, inhibiting the desire for bad foods and controlling the amounts and things like this. You know, like at a, a school event, you'll see those kids sort of parking themselves at the food and mm-hmm. uh, things like this. But not all of them, like you say. Um, but it certainly are so many more kids it seems, with autism than ever before. And and I don't think it's just that people are noticing and reporting more. I really do. They're just obviously out there more. I'm seeing them more with my own eyes. They're just such a huge part of the population. And so our diet must be connected. So I'm happy you can help some people. So where do they go if they want to get some help? Yeah, my website is www.thewayoflaura.com or twol.com. And I have the line I use is 604-200-3895. Okay. And yeah, that's how people reach me. Um, and that's true back too if you have allergies, if you're allergic to your cat or your cat's allergic to your new house or, or somebody scratching and itching and won't stop or somebody in the house just won't get better, kid or adult or pet. I've had you help me with so many things, which, by the way, my little Shana is very, very stuffed up today and having a lot of problems with, I believe, allergies, and me too, as we hit high cherry tree season here, and they're having all these festivals to celebrate, and it's not a cause for celebration for me. If you can help us in any way, we'd appreciate that. Okay, Okay, so everybody, I'm reading the article, and it talks about, it talks about, 
how if we could raise meat in a petri dish, we wouldn't have to have all these animals. We would have just donor animals, and those animals wouldn't be slaughtered. They would, well, they probably would in the end, but not on mass at young stages. And there, they would, you know, cells would be harvested from them, which is much less painful and difficult. They'd have a nicer lifestyle, and the meat we'd be eating would be off this, I guess, cloned stuff. Really, mm. so why is that not a good plan? The cloning. <laughs> I'm a very big believer in and energy and spirit and and how emotional imprints affect our our food and how our environment the environment of, of what our food is growing up in how that affects the health of our food and the nutrition of it I see emotional impacts as huge in our food I I try not to eat real because of the way it's raised. I try not to eat battery-raised chicken. So from my perspective, it's just terrible. It's not going to be a good effect on us when we're eating these foods that are not, you know, raised in the outdoors. They're going to be raised in laboratories and huge, you know, right now they're being mass-raised in these indoor pens and uh, the fish that are being farm-fed and farm-raised are, you know, they're they're not supplying us with with the information that our body needs, with the nutrition that our body needs, and they're carrying things that are, are a little bit more scarier. A lot of them are, a lot of the fish I'm seeing in, in the mega stores are, you know, showing signs of tumors and lots of different kinds of things that aren't, I don't see in my wild fish. I get wild fish, I get my local meats, and I trust that those are strong foods for me. And now, these the, tumors the, you're seeing, are these, are these pond fish that you're talking about? Yeah, these are farm fish. Mm-hmm. Because that's farm one of the salmon. things the article is suggesting, that there should be fish farms on land all over the world to supply the world with protein. Mm-hmm. But it's also asking us, and it's got this really kind of, I guess it's, it's supposed to bother us. It does bother me. And then it makes me question <laughs> it why it bothers bother me. It has this skewer of vegetables. No, it probably shouldn't. But it does bother me. It has a skewer of vegetables, the kind you would put on a barbecue or eat raw. It looks yummy. Mushrooms, green pepper. There's even zucchini. You know, it looks nice. But every few pieces, instead of meat, there's a bug. Like there's a centipede, which yeah. <laughs> I think they're toxic. I don't think I'd eat that. Then there's a beetle, a couple of beetles, and a, some kind of slug type thing at the top. And it says smaller animals or even edible insects might be in our future diet. Okay, should we be eating insects? We probably should, shouldn't we? Why does that bother me so much? <laughs> well, it's just not part of your belief system. It's so far out of your your food intake right now that, yeah, it, there's people in the world who survive on insects and, and that, and it's a good source of protein. It's, it's a, The smaller animals aren't eating other animals, right? You get a large halibut, the bigger fish, the bigger tuna, and they're eating smaller fish, and those smaller fish are eating and toxins and stuff in the ocean so you get a higher sort of toxin amount that's why they, there's there's the warnings with mercury and tuna right so when you're getting those those bugs and and that you're not they're not such carriers of those toxins so i don't know it's not that bad of an idea if it's if they're raised wild and or you know not so do you eat bugs laura farmed I don't do eat, eat bugs. bugs? No. no, I probably do. You know, Without everybody, sure. everybody yeah. eats spiders. <laughs> yeah, and their food. I guess so. Okay. Well, the, dog, the article also talks like about how 
any DNA could be used in these Petri dishes. So you could have zebra burgers, giraffe burgers, giant panda burgers, California condor wings, or they say hypothetically, if they ever found a sample of T-Rex DNA, you could even have brontosaurus burger. I just don't know that our bodies are made to handle all these things. I don't know. Are they? No, I would look at the um, the situation with monoculturing because they're talking about mass production, right? And anywhere there's that mass production, you're getting things like swine flu coming out of it because that's that's a sort of a possibly a natural genetic modification. It's, there's theories that it's not, but you know these these huge pens of animals are they're all sick and they'd be giving antibiotics and just tons and tons of vaccines to sort of make do because they are, you know, just producing. And so we're getting all of that as well, all those antibiotics and vaccines when we eat those meats, but it's producing sort of like a cesspool of animals that are, they have high antibiotics so that the viruses and the bacteria are changing to to react to that. And we know about that because we know about overuse of antibiotics in, in humans and in our kids and how it changes bacterial resistance and, and all of that with our immune systems. But these monocultures are dangerous. And just as a monoculture, when you're introducing these genetic modifications, I mean, you look at it and our bodies change genes as well. Our genes change over time and everybody's genes change. Animals' genes change over time. Um, so they're being modified naturally, but this is too fast. It's too much. It's too weird. And it's going to cause some serious imbalance in, you know, in these monocultural type of <laughs> situations. Yeah, where, you know, I, I totally all, agree. Yeah, they, so they, my, they call it Frankenfood, and I, I agree. It's, it's just terrible. It's like anything their imagination can come up with. At the University of California, Davis, they take tiny gold bullets and then they fire genes from one to another inside a bombardment chamber, just seeing what mm-hmm. works. And so they get like grapes spiked with jellyfish and tomatoes spiked with carp and all these different surprises. And it just, oh, I don't know. I just think something shouldn't be done. But I want to talk with you more about allergies. If people are hanging on because they can't breathe and they're itching their eyes and they want to know why they keep, their body doesn't understand pollen and do they have to live like this forever? Do they have to take sprays and drugs and pills? Do they have to avoid touching cats? for the rest of their life. Let's come back and talk about allergies. So everybody stay tuned at Animal Party with Pet Life Radio. It's Deb Wolf. And with me today is Laura Cook. Stay tuned to the party. You'll be breathing better. Don't leave this party before it's over because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on. Back in a few. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Welcome to GoDaddy.com's Internet Cloud. First, get your domain name from GoDaddy.com. Then, make your business and personal internet dreams come true. 
go to GoDaddy.com. Use promo code PARTY101 and get a .com domain name for just $7.49. PARTY102 for 10% off your order. PARTY103 for $5 off $30 or more on any items. Or PARTY104 for 20% off one-year hosting plans at GoDaddy.com. GoDaddy.com. Domains, websites, and everything in between. Betty White. What's the number one pet radio network in the world? Pet Life Radio. Season Milan, the dog whisperer. What radio network has over 5 million monthly listeners and over 50 pet talk shows? Pet Life Radio. Rachel Ray, where is the best place to reach potential customers if you have a pet business? Pet Life Radio. Put your business in front of over 5 million pet parents with a radio ad on Pet Life Radio, the award-winning number one pet radio network on the planet. Call us sales department today. Toll free at 877-385-8882. That's 877-385-8882. Or email us at sales at PetLifeRadio.com. Steve Wozniak, if Apple was a pet business, where would you advertise your eyelash on Pet Life Radio? Pets can be a wonderful addition to your life because they're a member of the family. Keeping them healthy and happy is important. Pet Life Radio presents The Pet Doctor with veterinary media consultant and veterinarian Dr. Bernadine Cruz. Whether you have a dog, cat, reptile, or rabbit, you'll find answers for your pets straight from the vets. The Pet Doctor, on demand every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. You're, you're, you're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. Welcome back to Animal Party with Deb Wolf on Pet Life Radio. And today we have Laura Cook. And she will now get to it. Why are there so many of us, me included, scratching and rubbing our eyes and sneezing and taking all kinds of drugs we don't want to take because it's springtime and it's the springtime of the century, it seems. Yeah, it is. I've just been reading those double peak average uh, pollen counts out all over the country. Maple, oak, and ash are big. And then down in the coast where you are, it's the cherry blossoms that are coming out huge. My um, favorite. They- oh, yes. <laughs> Gotta love them. Big, well, big, the pollen big. count. <laughs> the pollen count changes are, I see a lot of, um, in the lower mainland and in any big sort of urban, suburban area, you're going to have these developments, uh, these little developments, and they're planting a lot of the male trees of one species. Yeah, non-fruiting male trees that just yeah. kill. Why are they doing that? No fruit, no benefit, <laughs> just pollen. Come on. Yes. So they're just like, over-pollination. Where are the girls? I don't know. Let's just put out more. Let's just put out more. And, and they're, oh, uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's what a, that's it big, is. Crazy. That's a big one. Here. Yeah. yeah. And Seems like every clock, <laughs> that tree is their favorite tree. And then every single tree that gets planted this year is on. Like, come on, guys. There's other trees in the world. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's pretty intense. And then you get, you know, you get your different things like rain. And if you're in a rainy place, then the rain brings it down out of the atmosphere, but when it dries up, you've got all this pollen that's sort of drying up and being kicked around, right? And also the rainy places have a lot of mold, and that's what I see is like mold is a huge, 
huge reaction for most people. And so when you get the mold coming out from, it's warming up, you get a little bit more mold happening and then you get the pollens and then your immune system is just sort of overloaded and you're, you're going to have these multiple, re, multiple um, triggers happening at the same time. You're talking about mm-hmm. mold outside, right? You're not talking about in your home. You're, you're talking about like no. natural stuff you can't do anything about. Mold okay. growing in the forest. You know, if you right. have a lot of leaves around your house, clean, keep them cleaned up in your yard, you know, picked up off the road in front of your house because there's molds, going to be mold spores going on in there, especially in the Vancouver area, the coastal areas that get a lot more rain. They get, well, what's the they difference get a lot between moss and mold in terms of allergies? Is there any difference? Reaction in- to mold is... Very similar. Like if I see, I see moss, if, if I see moss somewhere, does that mean there's probably mold there too? There might be, yeah. Okay, yeah, so they're in the same area. Place. It's hard to know where mold would be, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gutters have a lot of it if it's a rainy area and you've got leaves full of gutters. So keeping your gutters clean can be a, make a difference too, I've seen with people. But most people, when they come in, I just, you know, I if they're coming in in person or we're working on the phone, I say, you know, leave a, collect some of the, the atmosphere outside of your house with a paper towel and, and then we'll work with that. And it's sort of just, it's an imprint of that information that's happening in your environment and we get the body to help understand it anyways. So what Laura does, thing, she does this yeah. thing called body talk, which she's talking to your body, asking it what it wants, what it needs, what it's having problems with. It's amazing. It, she figures out, we, you know, you can come to her with a whole whack of vitamins and, it, and in the end you only need one or two of them or you don't need any or you need them all and you need some more. <laughs> or, you know, it, or you come to her with pills you think are helping you and your body is telling her that um, it's not okay to have them in the room. It's not okay to have them in the next room. It's not okay to put, it's okay to put them in the garbage. I mean, things like this, that she asks your body questions and your body says yes or no. You don't even know you're saying it. It's the weirdest thing. And you can do it remote as well, which is amazing. So you don't even have to be in the same place, which is good because you live in a place where there's not that many people. So everybody (laughs) all over the world can use Laura. You just have to log on to her website and talk to her, send her an email and she'll book an appointment and you'll be so much better so quickly. I mean, with me, it takes recurring. I have to sort of call you every spring because my environment is so heavy. I live in the rainforest. I work with animals in a, you know, a tiny patch sort of carved out of the forest, like just like you're saying. And there's fruiting trees everywhere and there's pollen everywhere. And I touch cats and dogs every single day, you know. So it doesn't, yeah. it's not a one-off for me. But if I had a normal life, I think I'd be done already. <laughs> Couple treatments, the stress, you know? is a, the stress is a big thing too. You, your stress yeah, really yeah. sort of affects your digestive system. And again, 80% of your digestive system, or 80% of your immune system is in your digestive system. So when you're stressed, you, you know, you tend not to eat well, and there's just so many different factors. See, I've always thought there was good, good stress and bad stress. Like, I like yeah. live video, I like mm-hmm. deadlines, I like performing on stage. There's good stress. I like meeting a dog who's really a challenge. That's stressful if he's a biter, you know, and the mm-hmm. owner didn't bring a muzzle. <laughs> Nice, but but uh, but um, you know. So I like some stress. That's not going to hurt my body the way the stress I don't like does, right? Or does no, it? Is no. it all the same? Oh, well, okay. it really depends on a stress threshold. In body talk, we see that there's a level, like, um, and and the level can go up or down. And sort of that level of stress changes in different people and changes over time. So you can 
halves your stress, you get more stressed, you get more stressed, and you hit that sort of bar and your system just sort of shuts down. Your physical system, you might get fatigue, you might just get irritable, or you just might just have more severe allergies. It just depends on how your body is sort of communicating that level has been hit. <laughs> Everybody's a little different. So some people can have really high stress threshold and they just go, 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 and they don't seem to be affected at all. And other people just have a low one and they can't take any stress whatsoever. So that's something that Body Talk helps adjust as well is, is getting your body back on a level of stress that it can handle. Okay, so when you change their diet and you give them a treatment, it's not so much that you're figuring out what, like if, if someone can't have healthy foods, you don't give up on that, right? I think sometimes people think they're going to come see you and get a list of what they're not allowed to eat anymore. And that is true, but it's not the list of the things that aren't agreeing with you. It's a list of things you shouldn't eat anyway. And then there's a list of things you can eat because say you were, like if I'm always allergic to something healthy, like lentils, or tomatoes, or rice, you'll help me get over that, right? Yes. Yeah. I just had a woman, I just talked to this woman that I've been working with for, for about a year now, and she couldn't eat strawberries. And she loves strawberries. She's like, oh, that drives me crazy. Me. I need my strawberries. And I just, I, I said, okay, well, we'll do what we can do. We'll just see what's going on. And the, the next session, yeah, she said she's been eating strawberries like crazy for the last six months. And she's so excited because it's almost June. <laughs> When I first came to see you, you told me my body was telling you that it was on overload from blueberries, which is really funny because I have a blueberry patch and, and I eat them all year round and freeze them and I'm just so into them. And I thought, oh, antioxidants, I'm doing my body a favor. I'm going to eat blueberries every day. And it was like, uh, you yeah. are blueberried out, girl. Yeah. <laughs> so- yeah. So I think sometimes we yeah, try and, too hard, you know? Yeah, and it's something we would call cellular saturation where your body is just like gets so much of that information. And and if you don't listen, you don't realize, well, if I eat blueberries every day or bananas, I've seen if somebody have a banana reaction because they just eat bananas every single day. And your body is, is going to tell you it's going to flip those little responsors or their, their receptors in the cells are going to flip them out and your body is going to start seeing that substance in a way that, you don't want it to see it. <laughs> it'll see it as like a, an invader or it'll see it yeah. as a toxin or it'll flush it out or it'll store it somewhere, right? Like how our cells receive information is a big, is a big key. And cellular saturation with the blueberries, that's, that's sort of what could happen. You could, you know, you could eat so many of them and then your body says, no more, you're not listening. Okay, we're bringing out the big guns and you start to have a reaction to it. And it's the physical communication. You can't understand it energetically because we just we're not wired to do that right now. And now, so we have this physical reaction that happens. It's pretty neat. Well, you told me that 21 days, three weeks is a kind of a number. That if I'm ever eating something every day, every day, every day, after three weeks, stop. Because I am like that. I get into habits, you know, and I'll have the same thing exactly. Really, really so much like that. So it was good for you to say that to me because now I have sort of a three-week habit and then a different three-week habit, <laughs> a different three-week yeah, habit. Yeah, you're more conscious of it, right? Yeah. Like you, yeah. you understand it. You see how it's, how it's affecting your body. And when you get to a point where you need help, you just 
contact me and then we just do some work to see so to help you understand what's going on and how you can adjust your lifestyle or how we can help your body understand things the receptor information i explain that a lot i do seminars and we talk about the science of cellular healing and, and consciousness healing and dr bruce lipton is a big supporter of that he has some amazing books about science of belief and the, the receptors, how we can change those receptors with our beliefs and his explanations in his books and audiobooks are very easily digested. <laughs> so you can, they're easier to understand. They're not bogged down science. Um, but I really love his, his work because it helps you understand how consciousness healing works and why it works so well. And not just consciousness-based healing, but energy medicine, acupuncture. He's supportive of all of the the alternative or complementary medicines. But yeah, if people want more information, look up Dr. Bruce Lipton because he's, he's pretty incredible. And body talk is something that he really supports. Body talk is nice because you're like to be able to take something. I mean, I knew, I knew I was allergic to these damn trees. Every year when I start to see the very first flower somewhere, somewhere, I was already having symptoms. And by the time they were in full bloom and they were having these stupid festivals, I couldn't breathe. And I was, you know, basically housebound and I was off radio. Now I do radio right through cherry tree season. And that's only since meeting you. I used to have to cancel all my shows for the most of March or April, depending on the year. And I just couldn't breathe. I couldn't, I couldn't do 50. 59 minutes without coughing, you know, and so it's a huge difference, but that I could just go and snip little bits of this tree and put it in a Ziploc bag and come see you or call you and, you and get bags and bags of stuff. Right? Oh yeah, I did. I know. I was, people thought I was like some kind of weird burglar with a pet car front or something, you know, and I don't look like a burglar. So they probably thought it was pretty odd. I mean, here's this woman uh, sneaking around people's balconies, cutting little things and all the my place. Put them in their face. Because it was early in the season, not much was blooming, and I knew what triggers me, and I'm looking for them. I'm like, there it is. There's Forsythia over there. I'm going to go get a piece. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, yes, yes, there's Lilac. I'm off, you know. But it was amazing. It was such immediate, huge relief. I remember that first time because I had just come home from Florida. I'd come back here. It was spring here, so my body had no chance to prepare because I'd been away when it started. And, you know, I got all my allergy meds from the drugstore and everything, and I was all prepared, but it takes a while. And I really... Like my eyes just puffed up. I looked like a little old lady with red, red eyes and wrinkles all over them. They were swollen and sore like a little pug, you know, and I couldn't breathe. And it was just, I'm miserable. And I'd never seen you, but I thought I'm going to try this because I, you know, heard about you through Adored Beast Vet Clinic and all this work you were doing, healing pets with allergies. And I thought, well, she can do it for the animals. Maybe she could do it for me. And I headed over and the way there, I mean, it was just like, I'm sort of reading the dosages on the Ventolin and the nasal spray because I'm worried about overdoing it because I have to keep stopping my car and taking more. All the windows are shut. I've not touched any, you know, and the time when I did all this, um, the picking on the way to your place was the second time I came because the first time I didn't know I was supposed to do that. So I'm not touching any plants or anything. I get there and it's amazing. Like the way home, I rode with the windows open and I was singing to the radio. Halfway home, I realized, oh, wow, I can breathe. I can breathe. I can sing. And the windows are open. I mean, and it's spring. I'm not hiding away like some, you know, you kind of feel like the Scrooge of spring when you hate allergies. <laughs> Everybody else is all happy. And you're like, do you want to go for a walk? No, not really. You know, <laughs> it's a gorgeous day. No, not really. I don't think so. Let's go see the cherry tree festival celebrations. No, not on your life. You know, <laughs> So you don't tell people to stay away from the things they're allergic to. You help them get over it. But sometimes you kind of have to get a little space. Like I remember you telling me 
there was this one cat lion who I still love and adore. And you were saying to me, you know, it might be a good idea for the next little while he didn't touch your face so much. You know, easier said than done when he sleeps on my head. But, you know, it's uh, so sometimes you need to sort of back off a bit for a while and then you can go back to your old exposure, right? There's a little bit of play. Yeah, yeah. We did a lot of work with you and animals and I have so many so many people who love their animals so much and they're just, they suffer. <laughs> and uh, I recently have a long-term client. Oh, I've seen him for five years or more. And uh, he was, just, you know, he was all of a sudden was being exposed to this new cat and he just came in and we worked on him with the cat pair and he was fine. And after that, and he was so excited because he didn't have to, you know, Give up so the and the antihistamine and everything, and uh. yeah, I have a I've had a woman that could not breathe. You know, she couldn't be in a restaurant uh, if somebody was wearing if somebody was wearing a jacket. If they had a dog and the that dog hair was on the jacket or something, she had severe asthma. And um, we had to do quite a like ten sessions, I guess, with her. But um, see, I meet those people, and I pass out your card. <laughs> and the reason I meet those people, one of them is my bank teller. I go up to the counter. She seems fine. Partway through doing tr- my transaction, she's rubbing her eyes. She's sneezing. She's coughing. It's me. She's allergic to me. <laughs> yeah. She goes, I touch cats and dogs dog. all day long. Oh, yeah, I'm a walking, you know, Petri dish for this poor woman. <laughs> and then she says, I don't know what's the matter with me. I'm not sick. As she grabs a tissue and I say, are you allergic to cats and dogs? She's like, oh, terribly allergic to, she named something, Labradors or something. And I'm like, well, yeah, got three of them at camp right now. Okay, <laughs> that would do it. You know, and I look clean. It doesn't look like there's any hair on me, but the allergies, no. So, okay, so everybody, if you're thinking, that's me, that's my kid, can't have pets, <laughs> You know, what can we do? Laura Cook, thewayoflaura.com. Thank you very much, Laura, for helping us understand what we're eating and how allergies work. And I know I'll have you back again. Thanks for joining me. You know what? I think I'm going to email you just so you know what's up with me and my kids in case you want to give us a little a little healing treatment. We'll take it. Yeah, we'll have to do a consultation here. There you Follow go. Follow up with you guys. <laughs> yeah, well, we're off for a riding lesson right now. We're going to change clothes and go okay. riding. And it's a nice indoor ring, so we won't be out in the pouring rain. And we got three yeah. horses ridden before by special request, so we're all excited. I'm going to canter and jump. My kids are going to learn how to hold their hands and sit properly. It's perfect. Yes, yes, I can't wait. Beautiful. I'm so excited. I'll be paying for it so tomorrow, much. then. <laughs> okay. Well, next Thanks time so I go riding, I'm hoping it'll be with you, Laura. I can always get a horse yeah. for you, you know. Yeah. I know. We'll go in the I'll trails. be down there. Oh, so May, that's next week. They start to open up the trails. That'd be really okay. good. I'd love to go riding with you. We'll in the book forest. a day. I'll be there in the end of May. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Thanks for coming on the show. All right, everybody. That was Animal Party Pet Life Radio. We did not have our horses here today. We were talking cats and dogs, allergies, and the food you eat. Come to the next party. And until then, be good to your animals. From Deb Wolf and Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.